Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, August 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. lawmakers are set to hand Joe Biden a legislative victory today. Europe's corporate bond market is in a chill. And speaking of cold, things have gotten frosty between a famous ice cream maker and its corporate parent. And there has been an almost total breakdown of relations between Unilever and the board of Ben & Jerry's. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Today, U.S. lawmakers in the House of Representatives are set to approve a $700 billion package focused on the climate, health care, and taxes. It would be a major victory for President Joe Biden and his Democratic Party. The bill is called the Inflation Reduction Act, and it would boost funding for clean energy. Plus, it would allow the government to negotiate the price of certain drugs. It would also establish new taxes for corporations and increase funding to beef up tax enforcement. It's August, and Europeans are on long summer holidays. Americans are squeaking out some summer vacation, too, which means corporate dealmaking on both sides of the Atlantic is slow. But this summer, it's slower than usual. To talk about why, I'm joined by the FT's markets editor, Katie Martin. She joins us pretty much every Friday. Hey, Katie. Hey, how are you going? I'm doing all right. Katie, let's start with the slowdown in Europe. Uh, Corporate bonds have pretty much slowed to a stop. Why are we seeing that? So we're we're seeing in Europe what we're seeing pretty much everywhere else, which is just that the the flow of new deals coming to market, and by this I mean corporate bonds, so companies coming to the bond market and 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 borrowing money, it's just ground to a halt. Now August is always a dead zone for deals coming to market because. Europeans like going on holiday. (laughs) For a whole month, in fact, I'm finding. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, so August is always always a dead zone. But even by the standards of a European August, (laughs) the markets are just, they're just doing nothing, right? So you look at the year so far, and in European debt capital markets, that's companies raising uh, bonds in in, in the market, issuing bonds. Volumes are down 26% from companies, from, from governments, Volumes are down about 40% so far this year compared to the same period last year. So there just are no deals out there. And I genuinely don't know what market, that you know, bankers who do this stuff for a living, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, so there's no sense of why this is happening? Well, no, there's a very strong sense for why this is happening, which is the European economy is in a right mess and it's got every possibility of getting an awful lot worse. Europe is staring down the barrel of not knowing where it's going to get its gas from for for the winter. In addition, borrowing costs are just much higher than they used to be because benchmark interest rates have risen quite a lot and that pushes up borrowing costs for everybody. There's a bit of padding here in the sense that companies globally absolutely feasted on free money in 2020 when central banks everywhere cut rates to nothing because they were trying to save the financial system from disaster. So that means that companies, a lot of them do have actually pretty healthy balance sheets. They don't necessarily need money right now. But even even accounting for that, there are just no deals out there. Okay, Katie, so this is in Europe. What about in the US? The FT has been reporting on a slowdown in the US of new initial public offerings. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's not so much an IPO slowdown in the US. It's just an IPO shutdown. Now, what we call equity capital markets bankers, ECM bankers, the people that bring companies to the stock market for the first time are just unfailingly positive people. Even if everything is terrible, they will look you in the eye and they will say, but there's a pipeline of new deals and it's ready Mm -hmm. to come. And they're really great companies and they're going to come anytime now. They're saying, yeah, this is a really long shutdown and we don't know how long it's going to last. And unless we get some really good marquee deals that just go fantastically in the next couple of months, we're potentially looking at nothing happening until next year. It's really unusual to to hear ECM bankers being so kind of downbeat. Who is affected most by these IPO slowdowns and these corporate bond slowdowns? Well, in the immediate line of fire, I would say you have the bankers that do these deals for a living. There's um, you know, if this if this dry period is going to settle in for for the long haul, then it's difficult to see how these portions of banks can keep churning out the deals and can keep people busy. But certainly for, you know, in the real world if you like, um Companies are just going to find the going much harder when when they come back to borrow. Everyone's expecting much higher default rates. You know, there's going to be lots of companies out there that that aren't able to to keep up repayments on their debt. Um, so it's just a much trickier environment for for companies to get their hands on the money they they need. And we will get that the test of this theory that. It's it's going to be fine. Companies borrowed loads of money in the pandemic. They've you know they've padded out their nests. They can they can see this out. Let's let's test that theory, shall we? Because I think we might have to. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. She joins us every Friday, but not next Friday because she's going to be on vacation. Or the Friday after that. Or the Friday after that. Well, still going to be on vacation. Going to miss you, Katie. Thank you for your time. Okay, no worries. The American ice cream maker Ben & Jerry's is in a heated dispute with its corporate parent, the British multinational Unilever. Ben & Jerry's has, since its founding, decades ago, focused on environment and social issues as much as profits. So in keeping with its progressive politics, Ben & Jerry's last year announced that it would end its ice cream sales in the West Bank and East Jerusalem. But there was one big problem. Unilever, the parent company, didn't support this move. That's the FT's consumer industries correspondent, Judith Evans. But Ben & Jerry's had the freedom to do this under a very unusual acquisition agreement that dates back to when Unilever bought the company more than 20 years ago. Ben & Jerry's has its own independent board, which has the right to make certain decisions, particularly around kind of the brand and brand values. The Israeli government immediately weighed in and threatened serious consequences for Unilever. Lots of Unilever's own investors, particularly in the US, were really unhappy about this decision. One big investor who opposed Ben & Jerry's move is the powerful financier Nelson Peltz. And Peltz, actually, since then, we in the FT revealed that he owns a stake in Unilever and he's joined Unilever's board. So there's a a tremendous amount of pressure from very close to home, as well as political pressure from the Israeli government not to allow this to go ahead. So here's what Unilever does. It decides to sell its Israel business to the local distributor and manufacturer, a guy named Avi Singer. So then Ben & Jerry's goes to court. The current state of play is that Ben & Jerry's wants an injunction to stop the sale of its Israeli operation to go ahead. 
slightly weirdly, Unilever claims that it has been completed, therefore it's impossible to issue such an injunction. But the judge is considering whether to do that as a preamble to the rest of the case. Now, as we're recording this, there's still no court ruling on whether Ben & Jerry's will get an injunction. But Judith points out something really interesting about this whole dispute. While Ben & Jerry's is famous for being politically progressive, Unilever also positions itself as moral. And Alan Jope, the current chief executive, has said that he wants all of its brands to have a purpose, which doesn't necessarily have to be environmental, but it needs to be kind of bigger than just like selling soap or whatever. But what's quite ironic about this is is Ben & Jerry's has always been very political and it also is very successful. Um, It became last year one of, I think, only 13 Unilever brands to exceed 1 billion euros of annual sales. There's an interesting tension there between a wider company and a single brand, both of which are really quite heavy on the kind of we're doing the right thing. So if Unilever is going to try and squash this kind of political movement by the company, is Ben & Jerry's actually a good fit for Unilever? Well, that's a really interesting question. And there has, at this point, been an almost total breakdown of relations between Unilever and the board of Ben & Jerry's, most of whose members are independently appointed under this very unusual acquisition agreement that they have. Uh, Unilever has even stopped paying the independent board members, they've said. And Alan Joke, the chief executive of Unilever, has, I think, been asked whether he plans to sell Ben & Jerry's. He says that he doesn't. But it does seem like we have two sort of different ideas of purpose and morality here, which have absolutely come into conflict with one another. It's hard to see how you row back from that. Judith Evans is the FT's consumer industries reporter. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Michael Lello, David Da Silva, India Ross, and Gavin Kalman. Our executive producer is Tolfer Forges. Cheryl Bromley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.